And then we've been told what a man is supposed to be, right? So Sylvester Stallone, Arnold yeah. Schwarzenegger, Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, like we all see this, right? And we're like, that's a man. But no, those were levels of men. Those were different versions of men created in a certain environment to make that movie appealing. Those in no way were a standard that were supposed to be set for us in real life because it's impossible to meet. So what happens is a lot of us men, when we're preconditioned from those years of we're basically in theta from two to eight, right? We're in that theta brainwave where we're just completely malleable. Yeah. A lot of what's imprinted on us as men starts then. Johnny, you're a former special ops leadership coach, man. Also host of an awesome podcast called The Art of Masculinity. Thank you so much, man, for your time. I appreciate it. No, I appreciate you, Eric. This is a pleasure to be on your show. I love your message out here, and I'm really, really happy that we were able to connect and make this happen. Yeah, dude. I like to go back with my shows because I was reading on your website. At one point, you were living in a tent behind your aunt and uncle's house or something. Like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you, man? Oh, man. You know, my childhood, my childhood wasn't rough. Like, it wasn't okay. like I had this really bad childhood. Um, my parents were there, but my parents got divorced early on in high school. And my dad and I kind of had a little bit of a falling out when I was kind of at that young age, just playing soccer and drinking and, and like trying to have fun as an adolescent, we got in yeah. kind of a tiff. And so, um, which turned into him like locking me out one night and I wasn't even doing anything bad. So I kicked his door in and just left and, oh. and uh, <laughs> I, I peaced out. But I'm, I'm like, I was really close with my aunt and uncle and, you know, we're, we're, they're great people. And at the time they had also three boys, my cousins okay. that all lived in their house with them. And so they were like, Hey, Johnny, you can like sleep on the couch or like, you know, like, you know, maybe if you want to make a tent outside, we'll put a blow up mattress in there and like all this stuff. So I literally lived in the tent in a backyard, um, in my, at my aunt and uncle's place for, probably the better part of like my senior year of high school man and <laughs> that's uh, awesome if I, yeah, if I remember correctly it may have even been some of my junior year but you know i was really close with my cousins we were relatively all the same age so nice. i got along with them super well and um it was just yeah it was it was a very interesting time i look back at it and people don't really talk about it it's funny that you brought that out no one's actually asked me that on the show oh that's awesome um, but like but for me, it didn't feel weird. But now when I look back at it, people were probably like, bro, like you, like you were living in a backyard, but it was, it was Fresno, California. It's not like, I, not like you, like living in the cold ass, um, freaking Montana in the uh, garage. Right. You know, like, right. It's not like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was Fresno, California. It was pretty mild weather to hot. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and it was just, yeah, it was just kind of this time in my life, weird time where I wasn't connecting with my parents and, my aunt and uncle wanted to be there for me, but they didn't really have the space. So a tent in the backyard was the best solution. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, you end up joining the army. What was it about the army that drew you in that direction? Dude, I didn't know what I was going to do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was, I, I just literally didn't know what I was going to do. I saw all okay. my friends getting, um, getting acceptance letters to colleges and stuff. And okay. I had no clue what I was going to do. And I, I, earlier that year in a really weird way, someone had a good, my, one of my best friends had a conversation with me about special operations, just not going into it, just talking about it. It was really weird. And yeah. he showed me stuff about seals and special forces and army Rangers and stuff. And I was like, man, those army Ranger guys seem pretty cool. Well, fast forward to the end of the year, I stumbled my way into an army recruiting place, had no ambition to really be in the army or anything. I was just like, well, shit, I don't know what I'm doing. And, uh, 
and sat across from a recruiter and said, Hey, I'd love to go army Rangers. And so then I signed up for the military and, um, I actually didn't get army Rangers. They, they didn't, they didn't want to give it to me in a contract. Uh, I was young. I was 17. They wanted me to go be a bullet catcher in Fallujah because we were really hot in the war in Fallujah at the time. Yeah. Um, and so they wanted me to go be part of the regular army. And I actually got special operations when I was in basic training. I was just a stud. I was running, you know, two miles in less than uh, 11 and a half minutes. I was maxing out all my PT stuff. And my drill sergeant, one of my drill sergeants came to me and just asked me, he goes, hey, you know, do you want to be Rangers? Do you want to go special forces? Do you want to be a sniper? Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I'd, I'd love to go Rangers. And so literally the next day he calls me back to him after evening chow and i come over and he said he hands me a contract hands me a pen turns around says sign it i sign it on his back the next thing i know after basic training i'm in airborne school and then going to ranger indoctrination program and then heading up the second bat up in fort lewis washington oh my gosh dude (laughs) man what a wild story dude i you know it's kind of funny like i I had chris uh, pronto toronto uh, yeah. uh, Tonto Pronto on my show, man. And such a cool dude, but his story about getting like talking to recruiters and things like that was very similar, you know, like where he just wasn't sure what he was going to do. And he was going to go, maybe go Marine ended up going to army, you know, like uh, just crazy stuff, man. But yeah. you talk about like the transition back, you struggled quite a bit, you know, kind of going back to that civilian life there. What was it that you struggled with and how'd you get through that, man? It's a great question, brother. And I, and so many, and I sh- I'm sure you know this too, because you speak with a lot of high level uh, elite athletes and you speak with um, former military people as well. But there's this, there's this gap of transition when we've built our persona of who we are as men in this world based on these years of service, of uh, these years of elite um, competition, these elite status of how we handle life and how we tackle decisions right so we build this whole persona in this and when you get back to the regular world it, it just doesn't work that way and yeah. um guys really when we try to bring that mindset back into regular life and hold other people accountable we're just constantly let down because those people were not in an elite unit anymore. And then that ends up hammering our psyche, which then ends up giving us all this negative self-talk. And then we start to lose ourselves. And that's kind of what happened to me. I didn't know what my purpose was anymore. I didn't know where my end goal was. I didn't know what it was that I was supposed to be doing. And the, the purpose of something bigger than me was no longer there. And, um, that turned into a toxic, uh, environment in my first marriage. We got divorced. Um, we just weren't happy with each other. We weren't, you know, being nice to each other. And then it just led to a lot of wanting to live for the weekend and just drink my face off and, you know, barbecue something outside. And there was just nothing of substance in my life at that point. And so I realized like, this isn't the guy that I built for 10 years, like this and protecting the u.s ambassador and doing all these other things this wasn't that guy anymore um you know because i was fighting that mentality so uh when i when i started to find out that i wasn't happy and i had no purpose i had to figure out well what's the way back from that right and um that's when i started to do bodybuilding so it gave me like a little bit of a step it gave me something something other than myself it gave me a goal uh and then after my divorce 
um, I ended up, you know, I had a longtime friend and she and I ended up started dating later on, but she was in the self-development space and she was trying to hand me stuff. And I was like, get this out of here. Who are these guys to tell me anything you right. know, about what it's like to like live life? I've been doing, I've been overseas since I was 18 years old, freaking fighting bad dudes. Right. Yeah. And, um, so I had this big chip on my shoulder and as most of us men, especially in this alpha world, like we all we have to respect your background if we're going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as I started to take that chip off my shoulder and start to realize there were some really good men out there giving some great tools on how to get yourself back and realize who you were. Um, that's when I started to say, Oh, I need to do something now. I need to do something more for not only my brothers that I fought with overseas who were struggling with coming back home and their transition back with their families and into the civilian world, but also for just men in general. So that's when I started my podcast and that's when I started on my journey to, to really start to build myself back. Right. And, and one of the things that you talk about on your website is being determined to arm men with the tools to position themselves and kind of that form of masculinity and that takes them through, you know, their struggles of fears, bad habits, depression, loneliness. Like, what is it that you take them through to help them with that? Well, it's, it all starts with um, the foundational pieces. So in special operations, like that was, we had to get the foundation right to be an effective unit. Mm-hmm. So what I did was essentially when we talk about how elite units are elite, it's because when everything else hits the fan, when everything, all the um, cortisol is pumping and all the adrenaline's pumping in our systems, we go to the lowest level of our training. But in elite forces, you are trained so high, the lowest level is really, really high. And so I felt like for men, that's where we need to be. And so I took that philosophy and basically that's what I kind of teach men through. And it's starting with the foundation. It's starting with understanding that there's maybe some things in their past that we need to look at and heal some childhood trauma. Now, guys think that that's scary but it's really not because your brain doesn't register a gradation of trauma. You know this very well. It just sees trauma in general. So whatever your life went through, there could be things that are holding you back that you don't even know because when you were a child, it just affected you. So it's turning around and taking a look at that first to figure out what are some memories that may be holding you back, right? Subconsciously. That's like the first piece. The second piece is to build a foundation of masculinity. And what I mean by that is most of us have built masculinity on there's different theories of mass or different theories of sociology around how we've built masculinity. But in a nutshell, we've all built masculinity off of the things that we've seen, whether it's marketing, whether it's movies, whether it's TV, whether it's in the household, right? We've seen this, then we've morphed to it. And then we've been told what a man is supposed to be, right? So Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, like we all see this, right? And we're like, that's a man, but no, those were levels of men. Those were different versions of men created in a certain environment to make that movie appealing. Those in no way were a standard that were supposed to be set for us in real life because it's impossible to meet. So what happens is a lot of us men, when we're preconditioned from those years of we're basically in theta from two to eight, right? We're in that theta brainwave where we're just completely malleable. A lot of what's imprinted on us as men starts then. And if we believe in and are aligned with and what serves us, 
then we're still promoting a form of masculinity that's not in alignment with us. And then guys wonder why they're unhappy with their jobs, why they're unhappy in their marriages or with, you know, coming home or anything that they do. They're just not happy with life. It's because you, you haven't figured out where you're aligned. And so for me, that's where we start. That's how we start to bring them through that is to help them define the man that they want to be, but define it through their eyes. Yeah. Man, that's awesome, dude. And then, I mean, I want to talk about your experience because it's the Wild Man experience. It's scheduled for October 21st through the 23rd of this year. This thing sounds amazing, dude. I mean, and you just kind of talked about like where you guys, where you take the men through, but what's that experience like for guys? Uh, and what do they leave with, man, when they go to this experience? Oh, uh, it's, it's such a passion of mine because it's, it's so much fun to be there with the men that show up, but on the same token, the growth, the life changing that goes on with these guys is, is crazy for me. And and it's beautiful. I just love to see when these guys are like, holy crap, like this is literally going to change how I go home and see the world and how I interact with people like that to me is special. So what we do there is we just kind of, I, I took uh, two pieces of my life that I really love. And I bonded them together with special operations and then helping men develop. Right. And so in my own journey of development and what we do is we create an entire VIP, um, all inclusive environment where guys show up, they're completely taken care of, but we get them out to a 110,000 acre ranch that, that we're partnered with. Um, we get them in a, in a very fun masculine environment, but we have deep conversations all through the way. We have an executive chef out there. Uh, All the guys get their own rooms. We get them out on the range. We have them shoot behind sniper rifles out to like a thousand yards, which, you know, most guys haven't even shot over maybe even like 200, maybe a hundred yards. Right. Yeah. So we get them behind sniper rifles for a day and have a lot of fun with that. We get them in a with ARs and teach them a little bit of CQB, what we used to do overseas when we were hunting terrorists. Um, and then we actually throw guys in a moving vehicle, have them shooting targets out of a moving vehicle. We have them shooting targets out of a moving helicopter, obviously a flying helicopter. Um, and throughout all of it, we're sprinkling in a lot of different like tactics and techniques that we've done. We do some fun moving and shooting drills. Um, we have guys do like a sniper competition against one another. So it's like, it's all built this masculine cool thing is that we're bonding men together through excitement and through adrenaline and through, um, having them say, wow, like this is really cool to do and go with, with other men and then also have real conversations. So the whole time at meals, we're stoking real conversations. We have a fire pit, we have cigars, we have some drinks. We get into real talks about what's going on in life. Mm. What are guys struggling with? What are they grateful for? How's family? What are some of the things that we can help you with? And a lot of it, what guys are taking from it and where they're really growing are those conversations because they get to hear guys open up and they get to see what it's like to have that healthy masculine environment where it's okay to talk to one another about real things. And then they take home, we ask them, you know, what they want to be held accountable for. And actually it's really funny. I have a, I have a call this evening for the accountability for the last group of men that went through, but we do an accountability call six weeks after the event. Um, But we ask guys what they're going to be accountable for. And then we partner them up with buddies and say, Hey man, like you guys are going to check in once a week. And then also you guys are going to continue to just take this out of here. So we, we really promote the 
building the strong tribe of men and growing together through the entire event. So it's, it's just a bonding event between having fun, but then having real, real tribe of men around you. Man, that sounds so amazing. What, what is that common theme that you see most of the guys struggle with when they get, when they get to the experience? Dude, crazy. They don't know what they like anymore. Mm. That is the common theme. Men come to me and don't actually know what they like to do for themselves anymore. They, they've lost themselves in life. Um, a lot of men have lost themselves as being martyrs, uh, and they, they forgot what it was like to give back to them. And so a lot of them have lost themselves because they don't even know who they are. So they come to me, and they, they're struggling with, like, how do I give back to me? I feel like it's selfish. I feel like I, I'm taking away from my family or from, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, but you're not giving back to them if you're not filling your own cup. Like you're, you're not giving them 100% of you. And so a lot of these guys struggle with that. And, and then a lot of guys are just struggling with little things in their marriages and relationships, but they don't realize, and this is something that comes out too, they don't realize that they're not alone. Like they don't realize, oh, wow, Eric's going through this too. Holy crap. Like, we can talk about this. It's okay. I'm not alone anymore. And so guys take a lot of that out of there and say, wow, like I number one, get to know who I am. So I can take that back to my family. Now I number one can start to feel this, this feeling of excitement that I'm feeling at this event. That's what they take from it. And they remember that feeling. And then they take that home and they know like, okay, I need to find something that helps me to get those emotions up so I can give more back to my family. And so that's where a lot of guys come in. Absolutely. Wow. And now outside of that experience, what are you most excited about for 2021, man? Dude, I, I am so excited really just about the podcast and the amazing connections I've already made with like yourself and a lot of other men in the community. Um, I'm truly, truly excited just about the podcast in 2021 because it's a lot of fun for me to just continually open this conversation, these types of conversations for men to have, to, to give them the permission to have vulnerability, to give them the permission to say, hey, man, like you can have these real conversations with other guys and it's okay. It doesn't mean that you're less of a man than anybody else. So truly, truly the podcast is, is a huge passion of mine. I'm super excited for 2021 and all the great guests that, you know, I'll bring on and all the people I get to meet, man. Oh yeah, dude. I am like, I did podcasting like selfishly just because I wanted to have awesome conversation with dudes like yourself. And I'm like, man, this is so good. I have to share it out with the world, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I love it, man. It's so much fun, brother. Yep, absolutely, dude. What's the best place for folks to connect with you and follow you on and get some more information on the on the the uh, wild man experience, man? Oh, I appreciate that. So you guys can email me at or it'll be Johnny at johnnylsasser.com. You feel free to email me, or you can DM me on IG at johnny.lsasser. Uh, and that's E-L-S-A-S-S-E-R. Um, I'll respond there and, and we can hop on a call and make sure it's a good fit for you and make sure that it's something that is going to serve you as well because I never want to give something to somebody that's not going to get them to a place that they want to be, right? Yep. So um, I honor I honor them with that and, and myself with that integrity. So, Sweet, man. Well, I'd like to finish my show with fun questions here real quick. What does the word legacy mean to you? Oh, legacy means a lasting impression on future generations in a positive, in my opinion, a positive way. Yeah. 
Oh man, I'm all about it, dude. All about leaving that new legacy that I didn't have, man. My kids are going to experience a different, different legacy than I had for sure, man. What's a favorite gun for you to shoot? Oh man, mine is, mine is actually the one that I just had built by a good friend of mine. And it's just, it's simple. It's just an AR 15, but it's a four and a half pound trigger pull. It's just nice and smooth and she's clean. And uh, honestly, that's my favorite gun. I just got a Tika as well. And that's a lot of fun to shoot for long range, Yeah. but I haven't spent enough time behind her to say that that's like my favorite thing to do yet. So nice. uh, I got to stick with the tried and true, just the AR 15, man. That's, that's a one that I love. Yeah. I'm a, I every day carry the P320 and then I, I have the saint for my AR man. And, and that thing is, I love it, dude. It's, yeah. it's super smooth, man, for sure. Last question for you. I'm a music guy. I still have to ask the question. Like, what's your favorite type of music for you? Or do you have a favorite band that you like to listen to? Oh, man. Yeah. So I'll give you. So my favorite type of music is country. And okay. my favorite country singer is Dirks Bentley. I've been listening to him since oh, nice. he first came out, like back in 2000. Yeah. And uh, I, I ran into some people singing country out in Chicago. And a couple people had heard stories about him. But apparently the story goes. He actually used to sleep outside of bars until they would let him in to play in Nashville um, no when he was like grinding his teeth, which if that's true, that makes me even love him more because that's amazing. But he's, he's definitely my, my favorite country singer for sure. Oh, that's awesome, man. So good. Johnny, such an honor to have you on my show, man. You're an absolute world changer, man. I love what you're doing with your podcast, your raw mat experience, your coaching thing, man. And you are changing men's lives, man. I'm so proud of you, dude. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and joining me on the show, man. That means a lot to me, brother, and thank What's you What's going for on? Thank you so much for watching the show. I really appreciate it. Hey, I just wanted to do a quick introduction. If you've not seen my show or you don't know the services that I offer, I wanted to drop them to you right now. One, I do voiceover work, so if you're looking for a voiceover person to cover your motivational videos or maybe it's Kickstarter videos or whatever it is, let me know. I'm more than happy to help you out there. I also work with brands on brand and product videos, so they'll send me their products to do reviews or box openings. Let me know. I'd love to work with you on your product as well and hope you get that product out there. I also love to be able to share my story. So if I can make an impact on one person at your next speaking engagement, let me know. I love to talk about my story. I love to talk about how our past does not define our future and morning routines and being consistent, how to be around those successful people that are just going to lift you up. Let's chat about having me speak at your next event. And let's make it happen. Again, thank you so much for checking out this show. Check out ericgallonmedia.com. Really appreciate your time. Have an awesome day.